Hi everyone, I'm Emily Fraser, COO of Matru Multisport, and you're listening to the Us People podcast with Savia Rocks. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Ask People podcast. I'm your host, Savvy Rocks, and today I've got Emily Fraser here. Hey, Emily, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Sun is shining, making me very happy and positive. How are you? <laughs> I'm not too bad. Yeah, I just want to go outside without any trouble. So it's... <laughs> Don't do anything to get arrested now. No, I won't, <laughs> even though I run pretty fast, but no... <laughs> I won't. Emily, you are the COO of Matru Multisports. For people who don't understand what that is, could you tell us a bit about it? Sure. Uh, Matru uh, Matru Sport is a uh, sports promotion company. So we own and stage different sporting events all across the world, here in the UK, internationally. Um, We also have our own production company here as well. So we distribute we not only do we stage and we own our events we also distribute them and broadcast them across the entire globe so if there is a matchroom event it's not just here in the uk it is on everywhere that is what we're known for so um uh, under the matchroom sport umbrella we have different departments so Mm -hmm. we have matchroom boxing which i'm sure everyone's very much heard of um with eddie hearn and then we have pdc which is the da, 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 which is the darts. Yeah. <laughs> Best way to describe it. Um, the World Championship at Ali, Alexandra Palace. Yeah. Um, and then we have Matru Multisport, which basically I like to uh, explain it as the weird niche stuff that isn't boxing or darts. Yeah. Anything that is not that comes under the multisport remit, which is it is the most exciting stuff to be honest because we do different sports like we can go from a fishing event to a 10 pin bowling event to a gymnastics event um nine ball pool which is actually our strongest um sport that we do just because we do so many of them a lot of our shows um in those sports are one a year just because they are so unique and niche so fishing we just do a one event called fishermania um, but our matchroom pool um, department is growing year by year and we keep taking on new events with us with the leading promoters in that sport um, and I hate to say it but we are the leading promoters in every sport really um, <laughs> I like the way you say it it's like we yeah. are <laughs> I'm like struck you know, shrugging yeah, off my shoulders off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah we we obviously dive into lots of different sports so you know, you can go from one competition um, at a fishing event where someone's using the wrong maggot, or you can yeah. go from uh, a nine ball pool <laughs> event where someone's, you know, put their cue on the table and sort of conceded the rack. It's it's yeah. all very, very different. But that's a brief overview of Matchroom. Um, just recently, we've just launched Matchroom Live, which is another part of Matchroom Sport, which is all of our archive programming. And... Um, all of the events that we've staged um, ever since we started is all on Matchroom Live. And it's a great platform for all of our different sports, for everyone to come together and to, you know, watch all of our archive footage on there. 
uh, moving forward will also be able to be a platform that people can view our sports on as well so we're just we're growing and it's no, very exciting huge. you're growing huge <laughs> how is it how is it for you how did you actually get into matchroom so how did it start and how did you actually get involved in it to become well, where you are today you'll never guess it to be completely honest with you um, uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> um to give you a brief overview of it um i was always told that at parents evening at schools that you know i need to pull my finger out my ass sort of thing and um my grades weren't too good and uh, i never like me yeah, yeah never never went to university but i was i would go to school but then i would go straight to work after school to ensure that i was working and whether it was in a pub or in a bar anything just to get some income so that's always just set to graft basically and i think i would have been booted out of the school if it wasn't for the teachers liking my personality, that's what they always said. But anyway, so I finished school and I thought, right, just need to work, found an estate agent job. Oh my God. And I only got that job. I did like a ski season, you know, you know, when you have that year where you're not yeah. sure what you're going to do. I worked for my parents for a little bit and I did a ski season. And then I got this estate agent job only because my, my mum knew the branch manager. Oh my God. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. And um, my parents' office was like a mile down the road. Every lunchtime, I'd go to my dad's office and I'd go, oh, my God, Dad, I hate this job so much. He goes, Did well, they quit. make you stay? Did they say you have to stick at it? No. Otherwise... No, they went, they went, quit. And I was like, no. Yes. Yeah, That's I was cool. like, no. I was like, no, I'm not quitting. I've got to Otherwise, where am I going to get my money from? And yeah. so I carried on working there. Um, I think I did three months there. But what happened was in the... In the actual mix of it, my dad um, played poker professionally ah, as a ooh. hobby. So back in the days of matchroom sport, when we first started, obviously a bit before my time, um, we were heavily involved in poker. And my dad managed to get into one of the events and he knew Barry Hearn. And, oh, okay. um, and he played poker against him in one of the events. And you know what it's like he was probably like I'll just give my daughter a work experience job for goodness sake just make teas and coffees and uh I remember I went along I did two weeks work experience and like just you know paid expenses you know what it's like yeah. absolutely loved it I just worked my ass off and to be fair I always lived quite far away um from their main offices and uh and I remember I got a phone call in my estate agent job and they said, oh, could you, someone's dropped out. Could you come and help us out on one of these events? I was like, 100%. Took, put, put the holiday in at work and then um, went straight over and uh, started working there. And then next thing you have it, um, they offered me a job. Oh, wicked. Uh, and said, do you want to come on and work under the TV, like in the TV department? I was like, yeah. 100%. So I quit my job straight away in there. And that's how I started at Matchroom. Um, ah. So I started in the TV department. My background is the TV production, the broadcast. And I, I learned all of my ways from Katie Hearn, which is Barry's daughter. She heads up the TV department. She was kind of like my mentor as such. And uh, I, I learned a lot from her, really look up to her. Um, because she was this woman in like a man's yeah, world as such. Yeah, strong strong she knew yeah. how to address a room sort of thing. And I've really, really, I've always looked up to her. And so anyway, I came in under her wing 
and since then oh. just worked hard and I, I, I love it here it's like a family as such so you know the I, nice thing is, is that even though we've just started the podcast I can sincerely see not only do you have a passion for you for what you do mm. I can see that you're really chilled out as well <laughs> thanks I know that you get your work done like don't mess with you I know that part <laughs> I can see just by having like the couple minutes of us having a chat so far mm. is that you are down to earth with what you do because you genuinely love it and I think that's a nice thing and it's so nice to have that on the podcast oh perfect to well, let people good. know that yeah. yeah well opportunities have come along since I've been here and obviously doors have opened and but I've, I've grafted yeah. and um I just reached a 10-year milestone um oh, wow. this month that I've been working here so I kind of sit here and I, I think I tweeted about it and I was like well it's been an honor that I've got to where I am um but it's now where's the next year 10 years take me but I feel like you could literally cut me open and my blood would be matchroom that's the bit oh. I was kind of raised oh. like that in my family <laughs> like my family's very tight I know you've already told me a bit about it before when it comes to sports we spoke about it just before we started recording but were you actually into sports before you <laughs> your face alone says it all I wish everyone could see it <laughs> um look I was really really good at relay races cross country Ooh. um oh, no, sports yeah, you know I'm a sporty person and I've lost over like a stone in lockdown because I've just I just work out like two hours a day but cool. yeah I've turned more into a sporty person I had like one of those bad periods where I just ate a load and I put on a load of weight but um it, the gym and working out actually really helps me men mentally um it it really helps me just clear my mind I go out for a run and so mentally and physically I love working out um I really enjoyed netball when I was younger it's always oh, gold events um, so that obviously helps with our fast five netball event that we did so Oh, yeah. when, we looked, when we looked at starting up netball I was like yeah I'm gonna create a new format that's like fast-paced and aggressive and all of this because I, I went and watched one of the netball events and it's it sounds terrible but I, I think I sat there and um I was with the, one of the directors from Matchroom and we were sitting there watching the netball and I just thought I just said god I'm just so bored and oh. I love netball like I love netball but I was just so bored it was like a yeah. home game but that's that's the beauty of Matchroom that's what yeah. we do we commercialize these sports and you do get your hardcore fans, but a casual sports fan, that's how I see myself. I'm a casual sports fan. Yeah. If I'm passionate about something, um, I get involved with it. But the fast five netball event that we've got is just, oh my goodness, the atmosphere and it's 12 minute matches. You've got a golden buzzer. You've got the girls just like super defensive and aggressive. You've got them <laughs> falling over. They've got a five point line and zone that they can get I'm gonna have to come to one of these events Emily oh my goodness honestly we basically try and draw the line between professionalism and gimmicky and we're kind yeah. of like halfway and then sometimes we might overstep the mark but no we, we <laughs> um but no I enjoy working out and I've always been I've always been like a sporty person but yeah. I don't I'm not like um, I've been super into netball and I've grown up loving netball. I've just been a casual sports fan. Yeah. Um, oh, that so that's, that's a little bit of background for you. Oh, that's perfect. What is the biggest physical challenge when it comes to 
doing sports professionally you think what advice could you give people if it's not from yourself about sports what could you give to other people to let them know if they're participating as a sportsman yeah Yeah. goodness me it's just I think what's different for us is that when we put an event on there's a stage there's lights there's cameras um let me try and put it into perspective in our um or in all of our events you could take one event that someone else does that year and it can have I don't know four cameras on it not as much lighting they just walk out um then as soon as matchroom take it you get the the absolute razzmatazz if uh, you just think like space jam then walking out the end thing imagine that so all of a sudden you're doing something that you love you're passionate about say if you're a netballer yeah you're playing this sport but then you're not just coming along to come and beat your opponent you're coming out to this is being broadcast across the entire world it's going to a million people over a million people watching yeah so it's not just your your mum and dad that's sitting in the crowd (laughs) going come on mate you've got this you've got everyone you've got all eyes on you if you don't make that five point shot it's it's on you and so everyone's watching and all of a sudden you've got these big walkouts you've got sparklers going um you like like it's live sport but professional sport and um it's that's a real big challenge it's the nerves that you see I've watched pool players who are literally the best in the world the absolute best you've got um they'll perform so well at these other events that aren't matching events. They can perform really well. They yeah. come into one of ours, a Moscone Cup we do, and we had 2,500 spectators all watching a pool game, which is just mental. And this, these players, they just fold into the mix because they can't handle the pressure. You've got European fans shouting at these USA players, yeah. just like, go home, do this, and because people get so passionate about it oh that it must be so nerve-wracking to them I honestly I'd say it to my to people all the time hats off to these athletes to do it because not only they're coming out to it's their talent but there's yeah. everything else around it as well um that must and be then, hard as, as well it's it must be I can imagine it it's even when you do your job mm. and you know the stress of your own job so having to watch somebody else do theirs yeah your heart goes out to them yeah definitely and you you just feel your heart does sink sometimes when they miss the shot and you go oh god like and it's all resting on that and oh the the mentality of trying to come back from that it's just it must be really really tough and also we all know what it's like working out physically not even mentally you have to stick to plans um regimes and things like that and so you have to be really really strong-willed to be able to be a you know a professional athlete yeah well that makes sense who's your favorite sports icon I'm only gonna say I I think it's fair to put it to someone I've met and this is I'm not I'm not like oh I've met this person um but Simone Biles she wow we did the superstars of gymnastics at the O2 last March not the one, not 2020, uh, 2019. She was just phenomenal um, to just, I met her a few times and uh, I mean, she's a diva and rightly so. She has every right to be a diva. She's the best gymnast in the whole bloody world. Um, But 
she was just so nice as well you know we had breakfast with her and she was just she was comfortable with us and she was just it was fascinating to actually do an event with her um and to be around someone that is just so like loved and just globally recognized and she really enjoyed our event we created gymnastics I'm not sure how much you know about but I was a gymnastics coach when I was younger wasn't very coordinated I was actually laughing about it with my mum last night because my sister keeps trying to get me to do these bloody dance TikToks I can't do them and you know the leg one where it's like and oh whatever anyway so she does them and she picks the dances up so well I can't do it and so my mum said to me she's like oh remember when you tried to do gymnastics when when you were younger you're not very coordinated are you and I was like no mum thanks um so um Anyway, gymnastics is super hard um, when it comes to the scoring. So as yeah, a casual imagine. sports fan, yeah. you're like 9.7, what, 7, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, huh? Like who's in the front? Um, so we did the World Cup of Gymnastics with British Gymnastics in yeah. 2017, I think. Um, I'm getting old now, so my memory's bad. But... No, you're not old. We're not old. We're not old. <laughs> um, and we worked with British Gymnastics and we did the, the World Cup. So many restrictions behind it. We can add prize mm. money in because it's this it, it's this big event. Um, yeah. and, we, and when we take an event, you know, we like ownership of it. And we like to yeah. be able to add in little gimmicks like the golden buzzer. Yeah. The best £500 I've ever spent in my life um, making that golden buzzer. You'll have to see a picture of it after. Yeah. Um, but we basically... we realized that gymnastics worked really well at the O2, huge demand for it. So what we did is we created a new event, Superstars of Gymnastics. Um, We are trying to, you know, keep it on and to build upon it, but it's quite new for us. And obviously with the current situation, all the virus events are on hold. Um, But we created this Strictly Come Dancing of Gymnastics. And we had this judges panel. They all had one to 10 and Simone was one of the judges. Um, and we brought in all of the gymnasts, all the top gymnasts. So yeah. some of them have retired, but they were all gold medalists. They're all Olympic champions because they couldn't compete in the normal events right now, but yeah. they could come to ours. So we had um, Fabian Hambushan, who's the gold medalist um, from Germany. He ended up actually supermanning over the vault. And then the judges would put their cards up and it was a day, it was six hours, two, three hour sessions. And it was the day just went by so quickly. Um, it always and, goes quickly when you're oh, enjoying yourself. I'm it really you. does. Yeah. And there was one point where Simone held up, I think she gave someone a seven or something. And you could tell that the audience were getting more interactive with the yeah. event. And they've held it up and everyone's booing her. <laughs> and I, was like, I, was, I was like, oh my goodness. And she was like, what? <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, but so being involved with someone like that and doing an event yeah. with someone like the magnitude of Simone Biles, who's, you know, she's huge. Um, yeah, she's massive. And she, she was preparing for a competition leading up to our event and just listening to her food schedules, because obviously we have all of that, oh. you know, lined up and what she's got to eat and she's got to be so strict and fair play to her. She is an absolute superstar. So oh. she's definitely one of my icons. Wow. What's the three reasons you like being part of a team? 
no matter what job you do or no matter who you are within that team, if someone's struggling, anyone within that team will always help out to go and get you a coffee or just go and get you a tea or to make sure you're okay. That's what I love about our multi-sport team. No matter who you are, you look like you're struggling. I'm going to go get you a Starbucks. Um, Yeah. Hot chocolate for me. Oh, goodness, no. When you're doing these... No, when you're doing these events, you need at least 12 espressos. Yeah. 12 espressos? (laughs) Is that your daily routine? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's eased off a little bit recently, I must say. Um, And do do you know what? It's just, I I briefly said it to you, I'm turning 30 on Monday. I've been very depressed about it. I won't be ashamed to say. No, I'm getting bloody old. I've got seven years on you. (laughs) Um. And well, this is one of the reasons. So today we had our team meeting, which we have a weekly Zoom call um, every Friday. And I was, you know, you're just having one of those days, you know, you're getting things done. I've been really depressed about my birthday coming up. And I logged into the Zoom call and they've all got happy birthday and they've all made an effort, you know, to make me feel good about it. And that's that's, that's why you're in a team. You know, you all support one another. and it's just so nice that we actually have that team. And a lot of people work in workplaces where they can't stand some of the people. But I, I've we, seen it. Believe me, I've seen it. Exactly. But people forget. These are like, I have so many work husbands here who you talk to on obviously different contractors that we have. Or you talk to on a daily basis. But this core team here, they are, you spend every minute of the day with them. When you're on an event, yeah. you start building the event and you could be on site from 5 a.m until 1 a.m in the morning and you're at the height of tension and you know you want to scream at someone and you're around all of all of this is happening and you've got to have the right team around you supporting you and you cannot do these events unless you have the right team what would you say is the most difficult part about being a coo and having to like look after your team you never ever get lessons on how to manage a team, do you? You didn't go. You don't go to school and they t- tell you what to like do. Parenting. Just there's no book. There's no book. Um, everyone is different, um, including myself. Um, there might be things that I do that absolutely irritate some people, and you know, vice versa. It's just learning who is in your team, working together. You're not against one another and the stronger our team is the stronger and the better our events are that's how I see it um but it's very challenging because there everyone is different um but I would change it for the world the team that that is in the multi-sport team at the moment is the strongest it's ever been which is good how do you feel that 2021 would be for you guys well at the moment um We've had quite a number of events that we postponed and rescheduled. Um, The challenging thing for us at the moment is that there's no live sport um, and we're very much led by government restrictions. Um, So it's not as though we can go, okay, July the 1st, we can start doing events again. Exactly. You know, it's hard. Who's to say that we can have 5,000 people at the Copper Box um, in a couple of months' time, you just don't know. So, what we're doing is obviously a first thing for everyone in this situation. No one's experienced this before. 
we're just taking each day as it comes. Um, but the second half of this year and the, the winter is backing up with so much live sport. And sometimes some of our niche events like Tempin Bowling or even pool is at the bottom of the priority chain when it comes to football coming back as such. So for us, I think 2021 is going to be jam-packed, um, but also very tough because it's getting things back into the market. Um, just in the pool industry, for instance, no one's going to the pool clubs to go and play, so no one's buying products. Um, so a, a lot of the industry is obviously suffering as such. Um, but we've got to stay proactive and we've got to stay creative. This might be a new time that we bring in a new sport. We don't know. Which will be good. Exactly. Yeah, you never know how it's going to turn out. Which is cool. Mm -hmm. If you was on a desert island, here's a question for you. If you was left on a desert island. <laughs> oh. well, I wouldn't mind had... that. <laughs> a hot desert island. Let's say yeah. a hot desert island. Okay. Yeah. If you was left on a hot desert island, you had food, you had water, but you was only allowed to bring one sports icon. And I know you said one already. Is there any other sports icon that you would bring on that island that you know that you would get along with? Oh, what a great question. I feel like... Okay, it's going to be super weird. Um, so obviously we started, we do um, a basketball event, right? Um, we've been doing it for three years now. Um, and I got ridiculed on year one because <laughs> one of my favorite films when I was younger was Space Jam. Okay. Aww. So, yeah. And obviously, the basketball industry is, and in the UK, is very different to the US. Um, yeah. Basketball industry in the UK obviously have their, their ways that they do things. And, you know, they've got their the walkout songs or the way that they run their events. Obviously, we have the way that we run our events. And um, I had it set in my brain. And I, I don't know if I even told anyone this, maybe my, maybe the team. I actually watched Space Jam every night, three nights before my first basketball event. I know, I'm a, I'm a fucking loser, I tell you. <laughs> you know, I'm saying <laughs> sorry, that. swearing, sorry. Oh, that's what the podcast is about, Emily. It's about you expressing who you are and not changing for anyone. Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I watched Space Jam and I just had it in my head that I wanted all of these eight teams this one day, they all had to walk out to the, da, 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 like the Space Jam song, right? I think that's the right song. Um, and the team know here, right, we'd be sitting here in this office, so I'm going on different tangents, we'd be sitting here in the office and, or we could be at an event, no, it's normally at an event, where shit's really hitting the fan. And I've sat there before and it's like really not going great and I just, I go, right, I know what I need to do. I go onto YouTube and I type in Space Jam. It's actually on my liked Spotify list and it's on my YouTube and I just put it on everybody get up <laughs> right and it just gets me just I'm just like alive and I had this dream and I had this vision that they all had to walk out to this space jam song and the be like the basketball industry were like who are you you're living in the past <laughs> so on that but that'd I, be cool though imagine if it did happen yeah, it was bloody brilliant. They all walked out to this song and I was down there and it was absolutely fantastic. I was probably the only person in the EO2 arena that enjoyed it. 
but I had the time of my life. Um, oh, so I'm going to say Michael Jordan purely because of Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Just also like the um, the Netflix series. I've been watching it, and uh, I've watched yeah. two episodes so far. I just think it's super fascinating. And he's just one of those people you just love to meet. You just love yeah. to sit there and be and just listen. So that, that's that's who I would want to be stuck on the desert island with. Oh, man, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I know this question most probably would coincide with the answer you've just actually given me. Mm. But what emotions do you feel when you're playing a sport or when you're watching somebody who's come to play a sport? And a bit different for me because when I go and spectate a sport as a spectator, that is not one of our events. Um, All I do is I sit there. I don't watch the sport. I look around and I look at what they're doing and how they're staging it. Um, And I note down how I could do it better. Um, And then I look at like the format and I'm like, right, when am I bored? How can I make this more exciting? So if I'm spectating, I'm not really concentrating on that side of things. Um, yeah. When it's one of our events, obviously you're running around, you know, things happen and uh, you have to uh, react to it. But when you're watching the actual sport unfold and you're there, you you grow an attachment to these players. Yeah, you become connected. Of course. And you yeah. everyone knows you have your favourites and you're secretly yeah. rooting for and you're booing. But also, um, I have the passion for our events. So, for instance, yeah. like our Moscone Cup event, it's USA versus Europe. Oh. For a real long time, I think it was like nine years, USA were absolutely getting spanked by Europe. And it was becoming to the point where I was like, God, we're going to really have to do something with this event. Yeah, and it's actually, it's on its last legs. People aren't tuning in because it's not competitive. So it's, it's yeah. basically like the Ryder Cup of Paul. Um, and then so that year I was rooting for USA. In the last two years I've been rooting for USA. Yeah. So you, you grow a passion and a connection Aww. to these athletes. Um, and you just, you just become so involved. Um, yeah, it's quite... It's making me really miss events. I just want, I just want to go back to work. I'm like, I just need an event to happen. Do you know what? Um, I over the past like couple of days of me doing the podcast with so many different types of people who have so many different types of backgrounds, mm. I'm starting to realize who is really passionate about what they do and who is not so passionate. But one of the things I have noticed is every single person who I've had a podcast with gets so emotional. By the end of the podcast. <laughs> Honestly, I could go to a funeral, not cry a tear. And right, if we had to talk about this, <laughs> get me, get me watching Harry Potter, Harry Potter, <laughs> um, Space Jam, Frozen, Space Jam. Yeah. Literally, hairs watched, on the back of my neck. It's funny, actually, I watched Frozen just about three days ago. Great. Again. Did you watch the second one? Absolutely no, I haven't fantastic. yet. I watched I it on the plane. The one. I watched it on the plane coming back from Vegas. So I was in Vegas um, during the whole time when Trump put the ban on the UK oh. um, coming over. Um, I was over there because we have our US Open pool event and it was actually yeah. taking place in April. So I was doing all my last minute final meetings. Um, and amongst the whole COVID situation, I was trying to come up with contingencies. And then I was there yeah. and all of a sudden Trump says, OK, you're banned for 30 days. And, uh, and you're like, holy cow. Yeah. So on my <laughs> way on my way back, I watched um, Frozen 2 on the plane. And I don't know whether I was crying because the event's been postponed <laughs> or because Olaf is just, you know, Olaf. Um, 
So oh, yeah, dear. it was quite amusing. <laughs> <laughs> if you had an unlimited budget of money Goodness. for anything, yeah. Mm. So it's infinity. What would you change in the sports industry? I would. I would. I'm very, very passionate about pool. It's my. You'll yeah, see it a about lot. You. Yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. see a lot on um, social media. I'm very passionate about pool, just because I feel like, um, that's where a lot of my achievements come from. Um, obviously, you know, we've started events in netball, basketball, gymnastics, and we've evolved other other events. You know, tempin bowling's come such a long way. Um, but I would love to put a load of money into pool to just. There's no similar to say bowling um it's it's very recreational here you know you go to all star lanes and you can get pissed up whilst you're bowling over in america they have a full league you know how you can get onto different structures of your professional game and how you can get onto the tour and things like that and same as golf darts so many different sports have that structure you don't have that for paul and that is what i would love to put um you don't have it here in the uk don't have it in the States, you don't really have it anywhere in the world for Paul. Yeah. And that's what I'm very passionate about. And I would I would put all of the money, if I had unlimited money, I would put a load of money into that to get that up. Because also it would benefit us in our that's events. True. Because well, that is true. I'd love to have 5,000 people at Alexandra Palace for the Moscone Cup. We can only do that if we actually build Paul mainstream and globally. Um, and also, you know, it's a real struggle as well in Paul is that some of the women um, in the sport, obviously you do get sports where it is a male-dominated sport, yeah. um, for instance, like basketball. And it's very similar in Paul. And I think the women have kind of been, um, not like belittled, but they've been passed aside over a long, a long time over the years. And they don't really push themselves to be better than the men because they haven't been able to be given that opportunity it comes down to fear as well for some of the women or they just feel like even if they're going to push themselves they don't feel like they're going to get anything back from it yeah they just I don't think there's not enough for them um there's not enough events for them um and they're just like quite a, a minority in in the sport as such and what we're trying to do at matchroom is in our invitational events, we are making sure that women have a spot in the events, and which is great. And there's so there's a good handful of women in Paul that have that ambition and that um, passion that they're like, the way I see it as, if I wanted to be the best in the world, I want to fucking beat men and women. I want, I want to beat everyone. Yeah. And there are women that feel like that, but I don't think they've been given the opportunity. So I would love to put unlimited money into just globally into Paul for both men and women and um, that is where my passion lies uh, you see yeah I know definitely. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell. what makes you what makes your company different from other companies would you say we're the company that if you want to do something and you know how some people sit on the fence and they're unsure we're the yeah. ones that always take the risk um yeah. we just see it as go big or go home um if you don't like it you know or if you make a mistake then you know back to the drawing board and you you live you learn and you experience sort of thing um we we are the ones that push boundaries basically 
um, a lot of other promoters or other organisers maybe may not change formats or may not think that it can work. Um, but we just believe in ourselves, really. And we're on a global level. Like I said, the international broadcast is the biggest thing from Matchroom. Um, if we hold an event, it is everywhere. It's every TV in the world. Um, so that's definitely our stronghold. But that's that's what makes us different. We're just unique. We're just creative. We we think outside the box. And it, we wouldn't just, and one thing that I love about multi-sport, and I think what was happening over the years was the events were just ticking along every year. And they were just like the same every time. And it's just book the same thing. And it's, yeah, they were still great events. And to be completely honest, I could do all of these events next year, exactly the same how we've done them this year. And everyone would still love them and it would still grow. But we're never going to evolve like that. The multi-sport is formed of all these unique sports and niche events. If we don't think outside the box, we don't be creative. They're just going to sit along, not ticking along. But we need to evolve everything. If it doesn't work, okay, we've tried it. Let's move along and let's try something else. I'd rather try something and know that it went wrong than not try at all and wonder if it would go yeah. right. As long as it doesn't cost a load of money, because then Barry might sack me. Infinity money, it's okay. We'll get you. Like Monopoly money, but I'm not very yeah, good at Monopoly. Monopoly. <laughs> I'm not too bad. I get, I'm not too bad. I get super stressed out. If I don't land on Mayfair, if I don't land on Mayfair or Park Lane, I just throw the board and I have to walk away. I just, uh, yeah, I'm too competitive. <laughs> no, man, I'm happy on Palma because I know that someone's going to land on it again and again. <laughs> oh. Define what does success mean to you and define it in your own words. Wow, that is a good question. Um, I guess success, uh, well, I'm a very ambitious person anyway. Um, like I said, I came out of school and all I wanted to do was work. Um, wow, Su success is it would be to achieve all your goals and. In my opinion, my goals are to turn all of our sports around um, and to make them global, um, you know, these global shows that everyone wants to buy a ticket for. They are, that's my goal as such. And new events, new sports um, that come on board, you know, we only do seven different sports in, in Matchroom Multisport. I'd love to expand that. And um, so success to me would be to achieve those goals that I have. And it is just building and evolving those and have a real. Taking the chance. Yeah, taking the yeah. chance. And, you know, so many teachers told me at school that I would literally not get anywhere, not out of spite, but they were just like, you just don't have it. You know, you're just not really academically bright in that respect. I think a teacher will say, or even a person, just people in general, mm -hmm. sometimes a person will turn around to you and say something about you, but they actually really mean it about themselves. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. I think I, when I got the job here, I thought to myself, I was like, oh, fuck you, teachers at school. You used to tell me that. I know I was always a grafter. Um, <laughs> and all I, you know, I've made so many teas and coffees in my life. It's absolutely unreal. You, you know, pro. <laughs> yeah. success is making a bloody good cup of tea because oh, yeah. you need to make that a good cup true. of tea for your boss. Um, 
Yeah. I had to make a lot of coffees and now I just don't drink coffee. <laughs> yeah, it can put coffee. you off. Yeah. yeah, but um, no, I think and also success is knowing that as a woman in a male-dominated industry to be pushing some boundaries and to actually have a voice, yeah, that is that's true. something special. I think definitely when I started in photography, it was definitely like that for me. Okay. I had all the men saying what kind of gear do you have do you know what you're doing kind of thing and yeah I totally understand where you're coming from in that aspect of the area yeah but how is it for you as a woman because remember you are at the top of the chain and well for me you're at the top of the chain so Mm. how is it for when do other men or even people get intimidated because you are a strong woman you know what you want you're passionate about what you do what advice would you give to other women who want to be in a similar position who want to understand the whole industry of what they're in and get to that level you've just got to any advice I would give is to learn how you are as a person um the first couple of years that I was in this role I think I was trying so hard to be who I wasn't um, I was trying so hard to be this strong woman, but also nice to people. And it, it was really, really challenging because you arrive on site at an event. I think the first event that I did, someone like um, like went to slap my ass or something and uh, like, uh, like a contractor. And honestly, um, oh. one of the first events that I had a spectator say one of the most, I can't repeat it, it's so disgusting but said something really vulgar towards me in front of one of the players. And obviously that's quite demeaning and it's derogatory. Um, and I really struggled with that because I'm not going to lie. My first reaction is my dad turned around and told me, if anyone speaks to you like that, you turn around and give them a right hook. You can't talk to people like that in, the, in this role. Um, and you kind of learn who you are as a person and learn, and you just learn from experiences and, any advice that I could give to people is to be yourself um if although you have to remain professional but just learn from your experiences and and learn from other people as well just watch how other people handle situations you're always going to handle something very different it is extremely hard in a male-dominated industry being a woman you know I think some people you see comments so it's just like oh yeah you got that because you're, you're a girl or something like that and it is like I said very special to know that you got somewhere because you know you just grafted and worked your ass off for it um but it is definitely very difficult um but I think women should hold their ground it's it's very difficult because you can hold your ground and you get called a bitch if you're yep. nice to people you get called a pushover they're the two yep. things and do you know what I've been in this role for five years now and I think I'm still trying to establish the balance between the two because it is really difficult. It is very difficult. Um, You have to be a bitch sometimes at the end of the day. And one thing that I would just actually really advise that women need to support other women. That's true. I agree. Support your girls. That is because at the end of the day, they are the ones I'm, so I've got a very close knit of best friends who turn around and they say, you know, that you support one another yeah. and we're all in this together. And so we should be doing that. We should be backing each other up. Um, but it's, look, it's a challenge and I, I enjoy it at the end of the day, you know, when you, when you get these tough situations, it is a challenge. And, um, 
you don't get bored i'll tell you that (laughs) was there ever a time where you felt like i know that you've grafted to be where you are today but was there ever a time where you felt like giving up you felt like oh my gosh i've had enough how did you turn it around so that you could stay positive and push yourself to move forward it's probably quite a a, um, a bold statement but every difficult event I think like I've thought like that has crossed my mind or it's probably every event yeah um because things it is tough and you're not crazy for it to pass through your mind and go oh my god I want to give up because it, it is challenging you've got it's a lot of pressure and you put on these events and also you care about them so much so when things go wrong you're really hard on yourself and that's one thing trying to learn not to do is to be too hard on myself and you have this great team around you um any advice is just to pick yourself up and one thing that I I feel embarrassed saying this but you just look in the mirror and just go listen girl put your big bloody knickers on pull your pants up and go and do what you need to go and do you you are the queen honestly do you know how many times at events where I'm like you're a queen you can do this because you have to tell yourself because you doubt yourself so much and it's it's a real struggle you feel like giving up all the time but you wouldn't be you wouldn't love stuff as much as you do if you didn't think like that so it's very normal if anyone's thinking thinks like I want to give up honestly it's normal it's 100% normal if you could give any advice to anybody any of your fans or or anybody who has supported you to where you are today what advice would you give them to say listen this is me I'm Emily what would you say to them that you haven't said on a podcast because I know you have a podcast too right we only just, <laughs> we've only just started that though and it's only one episode um all right I'm going to talk about it as well what, um, what advice would you give to someone just to say this is me this is Emily this is who I am but I'm going to tell you something about me that I've never said on my podcast I've never said to somebody else what would you say wow what a good question that's a toughie I would just say look I'm Emily and it's even though it's taken some time I'm real what one thing that you will get is you you will get the real me if you meet me um yeah whether you like it or not um kind of growing to be like Marmite a little bit <laughs> I think oh you either love me or hate me you either thing. love me or hate me and do you know what I'm gonna do my thing regardless um yeah. I respect I respect you know, so many people around me that have accomplished so many things. And there are so many people I, I really aspire to. So many people, my inspiration. Um, don't lose respect for those people. Keep looking up to those people. Um, but I am who I am. And yeah, you either like it or you don't. But one thing that people can't fault me on is that I'm bloody good at what I do and I'm passionate about it. Um, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> although you get things wrong you do 100% but you learn from it um, you feel like you might want to give up but again you pull your knickers up and you say you put your, you put your big girl yeah. pants on and you go yeah. you can do this we'll have them. Um, and yeah it's just it's the real me um, and I think everyone has their insecurities and things like that um, but we all support one another and 
I rely on my friends and my family a lot, which is something that lockdown has really, really showed me. That's true. My younger yeah, sister. I think everyone has said that. Yeah, my, definitely. My younger sister is my best friend, um, oh. which I've always, you always like kind of know it, but she is my best friend um, and she gets me through it. Uh, I've, I leave her little notes under her door every day. I'm like, smile, bitch, you've got this. Um, oh. <laughs> but yeah it's um you you just I guess each day you just grow and evolve as a person don't you you learn who you are um but yeah that's, I feel like I'm going all shy now <laughs> no, no, I told you everyone gets emotional by the end. <laughs> oh, goodness me. But I think I think that's one of the nicest things is because you I I get to let people be who they really are. And for me, I feel like a listener would appreciate that a lot more and connect with it. Yeah. To me, that means a lot. Well, you're a very good listener. You're very good to talk to. Oh, thank you. Hey, say that, guys. (laughs) Thanks, Hans. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. I know you only said you got one episode. Yeah. Do you know yeah. Do you know what? It's quite funny, actually. So for a little while, we were like, let's do this pool podcast. There's so many crappy ones in them that they're doing at the moment in the pool industry. And uh, it's been on my mind that I wanted to do one of our own. And I uh, came downstairs because I live on my own. Um, but I moved in with my family during COVID just for a bit of sanity, to be completely honest. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, and I walked downstairs and Loose Women was on and I was looking at it and I was like, it's just basically a panel of these four women all talking to one another and then they have a guest on. And yeah. I said it to a, we have in our team meeting and I suggested and I said to the team, I was like, you know, can't we do like a Loose Women of Paul? All of a sudden, the team's put together this logo, it's Loose Paul. <laughs> I, was like, I was only bloody joking. You don't have to call it Loose Paul. Like I said it off the cuff as like banter. And they were like, no, we actually really like it. And I was like, okay then. Um, so we just thought it was eye-catching, it's a bit different. Um, I think we're going to try yeah. and do it every fortnight and have a different guest on the show. Um, but the aim is to have, we've got our two vice captains for Team Europe and USA for the Moscone Cup. They're the young guns, and do you know what? I'll tell you a little secret. They don't like each other. So purposefully, oh. put them on a podcast together, which is great. And I'm yeah, going to I'm going to shit yeah. stir it. It's going to be brilliant. Um <laughs> But they're both young and they're current and they are players that the younger generation are all aspiring to. And that's something in Paul that I would love to touch base more on is the younger generation, because they are the ones that are going to help us evolve um, in the sport. Most definitely. Yeah, early days for our podcast, um, but it will be exciting. I think so. I'm definitely going to listen out for it. Because I love listening to podcasts. And, I and bet I think you do. That's, no, I do. <laughs> in order for me to make, in order for you to have something of your own, you have to be willing to listen to other things. So if I want a podcast, you have to be able to listen to at least 100 podcasts. I know it sounds like a vast number, but even in sports, mm-hmm. you have to be able to know something about every sport that you can know about in order for you to be knowledgeable about it and be able to pass that knowledge on and put it into your work. And have that passion as well. When you bring that all together, that's something beautiful. And and it's something that a lot of people, I wish, understood. Yeah. 
but it's only if you're passionate about it that you yourself would understand and somebody else who is passionate about it would understand it too yeah so no I'm definitely going to listen to it most definitely. <laughs> well, let me know what you think <laughs> oh definitely yeah because I saw the logo when I was doing my research on you I saw quite a few things I saw some of your background where you was coming from and how you built yourself up and part of uh, the whole industry you're in as well so it was a good it was a good insight okay <laughs> of exactly especially when you're coming from not knowing about a company for sure and then you're doing all this research and then you're like oh my gosh this is really good so my final question for you Emily mm. is where can we find you? say that again sorry it cut out where can we find you so your Instagram your you know website Anyway, where can we find you? Where can we find your company? Super straightforward. Um, so we're just Matchroom Sport. Um, Matchroom Pool website as well has all of our um, different events on. Um, and then social media, super straightforward. I'm just Emily Fraser, Facebook, Twitter, um, uh, Twitter and Instagram, M Fraser. And uh, yeah, and anywhere on my stuff is where all of the events are as well, because that's pretty much all I do as there's a little mix between working out. That's pretty much all I do is work and work out. <laughs> Literally all I do. I'm not on TikTok. Coincide. I'm not in TikTok either, actually. Yeah. yeah, you're not the only one. Cause I, I was contemplating whether or not I should go on TikTok considering the stupidness I do, but <laughs> I thought... <laughs> but then I thought I'll give it some time and let me have a think about it. No, I must definitely. Emily, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Ask People podcast. You're thank welcome. you so much for coming on. Thank you um, for having me. You've been great. Oh, no. I've really oh, enjoyed thank it. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, guys, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And please remember to subscribe to iTunes. We're absolutely everywhere. Spotify, Google Play. We're absolutely everywhere. And please remember to always stay kind, stay positive and continue to be kind to one another.